Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. The Bible tells us without faith, it is impossible to please God. The Bible also tells us that the just shall live by faith. I want you to join us as we share messages on faith, how faith should be employed in the life of the believer. If you can, grab a hold to your Bible, get into the Word of God with us, and listen to these messages as we strengthen our faith. To many of us, faith may be a mystery. We think it's something we have to continue to beg God for or something we have to seek after. I'm going to share with you that you already have enough faith to get things done. You just need to exercise it. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. We're going to go to Romans chapter 4 verse 17 as we look at a practical demonstration of faith. My definition of faith is just believing that whatever God said he will do, that's what he'll do. Romans 4, 17 says, as it is written, God speaking to Abraham, or Abram, he said, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and called things that are not as though they were. Verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. I want you to know when Abraham first was introduced to God in Genesis chapter 12, God said to him, you are Abram, the father of many nations. Abram had no children. He'd been married a long time, had no children. But when God saw him and God introduced him to himself, God called him what he saw, not what he was. And when God said, you are the father of many nations, God has already established that that's what's going to occur. God has spoken some things to us through his word, and we need to know what God has spoken so that we can follow on into it no matter where we are today, no matter where we are in our spiritual growth, no matter what's going on around us. God has spoken some things to us through his word, and that when we are in his word, when we are obedient to his word, we have a right to believe and to expect that whatever God says concerning his word will come to pass. Verse 18 says, against all hope, Abram believed in hope, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said, so shall your offspring be. And without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith gave glory to God being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he has promised. In these verses I believe we find the key to living a life of faith. First and most importantly this verse identifies the object of our faith in verse 17 which is God. Having faith in God and what God says. Listen, if you can't figure out what God is saying in your life, you need to spend more time in the Word and in prayer. You need to spend more time in Word and in prayer. God will direct your life every day. He will direct every decision that you can make. 
He will direct you through his word and through prayer and through fellowship with him. God will direct your steps. The footsteps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So if you want your life to be a faith-filled life, get in good relationship with God so that you can hear him and he can speak to you primarily through his word. You got to hear from God. There are points in our lives when we come to a critical place in our lives, we're going to have to hear what God is saying so that we know where to stand and where to believe and where to hold fast in our faith. You just can't grab a hold to something that you think you might want to have happen and then hope that it's going to happen when God has not spoken. See, there are those who will teach that all I got to do is just say it and I'll have what I say. But Lamentations 3 says, who can declare a thing and have it happen if God has not spoken it? You can speak it all you want to, but if God didn't say it, it ain't happening. And when God said, somebody else can speak against it, it's still going to happen. If God said, you don't have to speak positive about it. You don't have to have a positive confession because God said it, it's going to happen. As Jonah, God said, you're going to Nineveh. Jonah said, ain't going, ain't going. He didn't have a positive confession. He had a negative confession. Some people say, oh, don't say that. You have another confession that's going to negate your faith. God said, you're going to Nineveh. Jonathan said, I ain't going. I'm going to take a cruise. Ended up in the belly of the whale. The whale spit him out on the, shore, the seashores of Nineveh. Where am I at? In Nineveh. God said, you're going to Nineveh. When God has spoken it. So the key to exercising our faith is can I hear what God said? What did God say about my situation? If you're sick and the doctor told you you can't get well, you want to hear what God says. And when God says you're getting well, whose report are you going to believe? Somebody said, I believe, what? The report of the Lord. It don't matter what the doctor say. When God say, the doctor say you're going to die and God say you're going to live, guess what? You're going to live. When the doctor say you're going to live and God say you're going to die, guess what? You're going to die. Then we're told that against all hope, Abraham believed against all hope. Now the term hope and faith are related. Hope is the desire for something that you wish to realize or that may happen where faith is the firm confidence that it is true and that it will happen. See, many people are hoping for things to happen. They're hoping for things to get better. They're hoping, but hope alone is not faith. Abraham went beyond Hope for the impossible. He believed that it would happen. His faith was in the promise of God that God made to him when God said, you shall become the father of many nations. In Genesis chapter 15, 5, he took him outside. He had to reconfirm it to him. He said, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed. And the Lord credited to him as righteousness. Listen, faith is going to have to be exercised when there's something coming into your life that's greater than your ability to handle it. See, you don't need faith for what you can already see. You don't need faith for what you can already achieve. You don't need faith to go down and get some furniture for your apartment or your home. All you need is credit. And some places they tell you you don't need that. Just show you got a job. You don't need faith for that. Now, you might need faith to pay, but you don't need faith to get it. Anytime God is speaking something in your life, he's going to speak something that's greater than your ability to understand or to 
perform it on your own, and that's when faith comes into play. Abraham was already 75 years old when God spoke to him and gave him this seemingly impossible promise. Now, he spoke to him and said, at 75 years old, you're going to be the father of many. Abraham probably would have thought a little bit different about it if he just got married. He was a newlywed. But Abraham probably been married about 50 years already. Notice that he don't have no children. And I'm sure he, he had been doing a little something, something, but nothing happened. And now God is telling him after 50 years, suppose you ain't have no children for 50 years. And God told you you're going to have a lot of kids. You start laughing too. Verse 19 says, but without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Faith will require you to look at some facts and said, regardless of what the facts says, I'm still going to believe God. Or oh, the fact is that that child left home and is out there on drugs and, and, and living a, a risky lifestyle and, and it looked like he's never going to come to Christ. That's the fact. But faith says, yeah, God is able. The fact said that they already filed for divorce. And my marriage is going down the tube. But faith said God is able to restore. Even though the fact that I've been served with papers, but, the, but my faith said God is able to restore this situation. The, the x-rays and the medical reports that they've run have, have said that cancer is in my body and, 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 and my, my, my situation looked bleak. But faith, when God speaks, says he's able. He's a healer. He was wounded for my transgression. And by his stripes I'm healed. That's what faith will say. Abraham was waiting 25 years for the fulfillment of the promise. And as far as we know, he's had no prior history or witness of miracles in his life from God. But he stood firm in the faith. He didn't let the facts negate his faith. He stood strong in what he believed despite the facts. What were the facts? Number one, his body was as good as dead. Number two, he was about 100 years old. Number three, Sarah's womb was also dead. I mean, even if he, they thought about doing something, they would just look at each other and say, nah. And the fact was that he didn't already have any children. He did not waver in unbelief. In other words, he did not go back and forth between faith and doubt as many believers frequently do. You go back and forth between faith and doubt, back and forth. James says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Don't let him think he's going to receive anything from the Lord. Once you lock into what God says, there are going to be circumstances. There are going to be a crisis of belief. There are going to be things that's going to come to try to shake your faith. But you lock into what God says and you hold on to it. You got to hear from God. God's still speaking to his people today. Through his spirit, he still speaks to us. I remember when the doctor told us that we could not have any children. So you can't have any. I told my wife she better go get checked out. And she went and got checked out. And he said she was good. <laughs> then they started looking at me. And then they came and said, you know, I, I believe thou art the man. <laughs> but as we consider, I spoke to the Lord. They said, well, maybe we can do one more operation, a microsurgery or something. 
But I spoke to the Lord, and I got a witness from the Lord. Can you believe me? I told my wife, I said, you know, unless you want me to, I, I want us to believe God. Unless, if you want me to go for surgery, I'll go, but I, I, I think I want to believe God for a miracle. We weren't pastors, but I want to believe God. She said, I'm believing God with you. We got together, and we said, all right, Lord. We believe you are able. And we begin to pray. Psalm says, uh, children are uh, heritage of the Lord. I begin to pray that. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full. I begin to pray that and believe that and just stand in firm. And I begin to thank the children's names. I begin to thank God for his blessings and his favor and his miraculous power. And I remember the day I got healed. It wasn't, uh, it, w it wasn't at home. You know what it was? It was standing in praise and worship. And I felt something going through my body. I said, Lord, what is that sensation? He said, you're being healed. That's why I tell you, come to praise and worship. You don't want to get there late because you say, well, they're just going to be singing. No, it ain't just singing. That's worship. You ain't got to worry about the singing. You just come bring your own worship. We didn't have no powerful praise and worship group, but you know what you had? You had a powerful worshiper coming in to bring his worship before the Lord. Say, Lord, I thank you, Lord, I praise you. Lord, I bless you. You are the great and mighty God. I thank you for all of your favor. I thank you for all of your blessings. I thank you for all of your miracles. God, I just worship you for who you are. I wasn't begging him. I was thanking him. And he began to bless, and he just blessed. Hallelujah. And then we had one, and the next year another one, and the next year another one. I'd say, okay, Lord, that, that's all right. That's good. That's good. That's good. Okay, you can put it back like it was. <laughs> Shut this thing off. I hate Abraham. God builds our faith. Little at a time. What have you believed God for that you've seen a miracle? And you know that God has worked a miracle in your life. You've seen it. And the next time you face a crisis, you start all over again, not knowing what to do. You know what? We come to God last after we try to work it point by point with everything else we can do. We try to go borrow some money. We try to go talk to somebody else. We try to get some counseling. We do everything but talk to God. But if you're going to operate like God wants you to operate, he's the first one you go to. In all of your ways, acknowledge the Lord, and he will direct your path. You acknowledge him and you try to hear from him, Lord, what should I do about this decision that I'm going to make? What school I'm going to go to? What kind of career I need? What job change I need? How to get out of this mess I'm in? Lord, I need to hear your voice. How to get out of this thing? Faith says I got to go to God to get the answer. And then when he gives you the answer, then you got to stand on it because it may be and most likely will be something that you can't do. You need my help. I'm God. We're we in this spiritual enterprise. That's the way we, for believers we work together as you and me. What kind of situation are you in? Lord, I need your help. Somebody say, Lord, I need your help. But there were times when the Lord had to reassure Abraham of his promise. Sometimes wondering is not wavering. Wondering is not wavering. In, in, in our humanness, when we're waiting a long time, we're wondering whether God's ever going to do something. But that don't mean you have to waver in, in Genesis 15. But Abraham said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, you have given me no children, so, my ser so a servant in my house will be my heirs. He was wondering. 
I just see my life passing by. And many of you may see your life passing by and maybe think God is not moving in your life. But now is the time to kick it up to another level. Say, God, what do I do next? And God reassure him, say, it ain't Eliezer who's going to have these kids. It's going to be you. Struggling faith is not doubt, just as the temptation to sin is not sin. So there are times when we fight to hold on, and we may get discouraged, but be determined to hold on. He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise, but was strengthened in his faith. God knows when things are getting tough and you're about to let loose, he knows how to strengthen you and say, you know what, hold on. He was strengthened in his faith, and he gave glory to God. You know, when you really have a, an assurance in your heart that God has spoken to you, there is a time when you turn the corner from waiting and wondering to worshiping. You're not waiting. While you're waiting, and when you were wondering, now you turn the corner because you say, you know what, God's going to do it. I'm just going to release it all to him, and I'm just going to start worshiping and praising him. Thank you, Lord. I, I can't do anything anyway. I can't make it happen. Listen, if you could fix it, it would be fixed. Since you can't fix it, give it to God and trust him to handle it. And when you get to a place where you really, really believe in your heart and you've released everything, you know what you're going to do? You're just going to start worshiping. You're going to start praising him. You're going to start giving him some glory because there is something that happened, and I believe God knows when we turn that corner. I believe he knows when we've turned that corner in our heart, we released everything to him, and we'll just begin to praise him from our innermost being. God said, now they got it now, they got it now. And the angels in heavens become dispatched to begin to work on your behalf. See, before you get to that point, you're always looking for a way where you can put your hands in it. What else do I need to do? Let me see what else I need to do. But when you get to the part where you can't do anything else, there's nobody else to talk to. There's nowhere else to go to get it fixed. And you give it to God totally and say, Lord, I release it to you. I trust you wholeheartedly. I have faith that you're going to do what you said, and I'm just going to worship God. Says, so now you got it. He was fully persuaded that God, what? God had the power. Say, he's got the power. Paul said it this way, unto him who is able. You're not going to be able if you don't have the power. Unto him who's able. Glory to God. You know, when I pray sometimes, I just stop right there and say, Lord, you're able. You know, you can fill it out any way you want to. You're able to heal. You're able to deliver. You're able to set free. You're able to provide my finances. You're able to bring my family back together. You're able to give me my joy back. You're able to give me my strength back. You're able to give me your wisdom. You're able to bring people together. You're able to work situations. Lord, you're able. He was strengthened in his faith. Sometimes longer means stronger. The longer you wait, sometimes the stronger you get. If you can just hold out, you can make it. He gave glory to God. So I want to tell you to keep on praising while you're waiting. Keep on worshiping while you're waiting. Keep on shouting while you're waiting. Keep on giving glory to God while you're waiting. Give glory to God. Being fully persuaded means... I know what God can do. The Hebrew boys were fully persuaded when they put him in the fiery furnace. Remember what they said? They said, my God is able to save us. Now, whether he saved us or not, I don't know. But I know one thing, he's able. Is he going to get us out of the fire? I don't know. We're willing to go into the fire. We don't know whether he's going to take us out. But if he wants to, he surely can. 
And God showed up on their behalf, didn't he? He can take the heat out of the fire for you. Daniel was fully persuaded. They said, don't you pray anymore. Daniel was fully persuaded. I'm praying to a God who's able. When they threw him in the lion's den, Daniel kept doing what he was doing. God locked the lion's jaw, made him a pillar for Daniel. Paul was fully persuaded. He said, my God shall supply all of my needs. So you should be fully persuaded. Jesus said this to his disciples. If you have this kind of faith, no matter what you're doing, see, God knows that as a believer, as you come together to know him, as you become uh, interested in doing the work of ministry and serving and, work and building into the kingdom, that you're going to have things that you got to deal with. You, you got personal things. You got health things. You got family things. He knows that. He said, just keep working in the kingdom, and I'll take care of all those things if you got the faith. While you're doing your work, you just believe that I'm going to take care of all of your other needs, but faith is going to have to uh, be exercised in your life from time to time, sometimes day by day, so that you can continue to do the things that I want you to do. Otherwise, you're going to get distracted. Otherwise, you're going to get discouraged. And some of you will be defeated if you're not functioning in faith. It takes faith to do God's business. As soon as you step out to do something, the enemy is going to bring something in your life that's going to challenge what God wants to do in your life. The Lord will give you a good, a good job and the the devil will try to work you to death on it. You got to have faith to say, you know what? I'm going to worship God. I'm, I'm, I'm going to draw a line here. I ain't going to stop coming to church because I got this good job. And when the Lord knows and the devil knows you're going to draw that line, he stopped messing with you on that. The Lord will bless you and the devil will come and take that same blessing and try to wear you out with it and prevent you from doing God's work. Jesus said, I want a church that can do greater things than I've done. How many people's lives are we touching? How many people's lives are we changing? You know, God will bless you real good and, and give you a good testimony, and the devil will make you scared to share that work. Everybody got their own religion, and everybody got their own little thing. You know, I shouldn't try to push my religion on anybody else. You push everything else on them. Girl, did you see uh, Desperate Housewives last night? You pushed your television show on them. Uh, you push your football game on, you see what the Cowboys did. Now, who want to hear about the Cowboys? Push Jesus on them. Stand firm in the faith and tell the devil he's a lie. I'm not going to be scared to tell nobody about Jesus. He's been too good to me. Listen, you got to get built up in your faith so that when the crisis comes, if you don't have them yet, they're coming. You're going to need something to stand on, and you're going to have to stand on what God says. No matter what's happening in your life, some of you are at a crisis mode right now. You're in a crisis in your family. You're in a crisis in your life, and you need uh, to hear a word from God about what you need to do next. Jesus often challenged his disciples by saying, O ye of little faith, when God tells you something, you can be sure that God will do everything he said he would do. Thank you once again for joining us on the Light of the World broadcast. This is Jerry G. Martin. If you enjoyed today's broadcast and you would like to hear it again, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can listen to today's message or any previous messages that you've heard on this station. You may be going through some tremendous difficulties right now. God is able to move on your behalf. 
I encourage you to contact us if you would like someone to join you. Perhaps you're going through something, you need someone to pray with you and for you. Call us at 281-964-1393. Again, that's 281-964-1393. You can also contact us through our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. Then join us. We're meeting in person on Sundays at the Light of the World right here in Humble, Texas at 16161 Old Humble Road, 10 o'clock each Sunday morning. We still have our safety and health protocols in place. Come and join us for a tremendous time of worship and the Word of God. For those of you who are looking for a Bible bookstore in our community, come to the Beacon. It's right here on our campus at the Light of the World. Call us for books, Bibles, church supplies, communion supplies, or whatever you need. The Beacon, 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.